Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you. Say hello. Welcome to the Huskies Hockey Podcast. Weldy sitting with Andrew in a special midweek uh, short episode uh, that we wanted to kind of bring to everybody after the Minnesota St. Cloud game. And uh, both of us uh, were expecting to see a hola in net. Um, uh, Jojo goes ahead, takes, uh, takes the crease. And uh, shuts me up uh, pretty, uh, pretty convincingly. I, I would say um, she, she, even though she got the loss, um, she made the. Um, I mean, it just, just I don't, I don't know. She was just fantastic in net. Um, I guess I'm bearing the lead a little bit here. Minnesota does end up winning two to one. Uh, with Ava Lindsay's goal in the middle of the second period, uh, Taylor Stewart uh, adds an empty netter uh, that bounced like at a 90 degree angle towards the net. It was just the most unlucky hop that I've ever seen uh, when it comes to an empty net goal. And then uh, Avery Farrell uh, ends up uh, getting Huskies on the board, ruined the shutout bid with five seconds left, uh, but just a little bit, uh, Speaking of JoJo in net, it was a little bit JoJo too little too late uh, for the Huskies as as they take the loss. But uh, uh, we we wanted to kind of get on here, give our thoughts on the games um, and some of uh, just kind of the interesting things that we saw uh, during the match and then kind of preview their tournament out east. And it's the icebreaker, correct? For... It's the women's icebreaker, correct. Oh, yep. Sacred Heart. Yep. So they got a, a, a good test against Northeastern, um, who's, uh, you know, uh, ranked also in the polls, just a little bit ahead of the Huskies and then either Lindenwood and uh, Sacred Heart. So, um, Andrew, I know you had kind of a spotty stream. It was on Big Ten proper, so it wasn't covered on uh, the regular Big Ten uh, or the Big Ten streaming service. And since you're in Pac-12 country for, I guess, a little bit, as long as the Pac-12 is still intact. Um, you weren't able to watch the game, but you caught glimpses of it. What do you know about the game? Um, what were some of your thoughts? Yeah, it threw me off. I should have done more better research regarding, I just figured it was going to be on big, big Ted plus that's where all the games are on. And you pay $60 for the streaming services and they just cut you out like that. And they don't play a ton of women's games on the, proper channel but um I, i'm for it if this was a tuesday tuesday night game um and maybe this was a reason that it was on a tuesday because that time slot in october is available on on the big channel so put this in primetime programming uh, give more people an opportunity to watch the game maybe not me but I, <laughs> I just don't have a cable package. So I have been having, I've had better luck in the past with some illegal streaming sites. Did not have great luck this time. I was able to get it in dribs and drabs, seven second chunks before it would buffer and I'd have to reload. 
actually kind of like a torture form of torture that I wasn't a big fan of watching a game like that. So I did listen to the majority of it on radio. There was no St. Cloud State feed. Um, so I was forced to listen to the Gopher feed um, on the radio, which can only give you so much to go by. But uh, so you are our chief uh, reporter as as far as watching this game visually. But I did at least get to see the goal that that the Gophers scored live. That was part of the part of the struggle. Yes, one of the one of the chunks. I was able to get the goal that they scored. I mean. Yes, it was, you know, two to one shot advantage for the Gophers. And I would say that they controlled play. They certainly didn't dominate, though. Uh, this was kind of a a Gopher team that looks to be beatable. Yeah. Uh, and again, in our last show, <clears throat> excuse me, our last show, kind of previewing, making the key, really, the health of Gentry and Lind. As it turned out, again, not available. It sounds like because these games are our only chance to get any sort of news regarding uh, women's hockey, it sounds like Gentry's absence is due to an illness, which mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing is a good thing. It's re- better than, you know, tearing an, a, an ACL. <laughs> right. But then again, our I had to text you. Is like, was it? Is it pneumonia? Because typically, <laughs> if it's an illness, it's going to be to a key player, and it's going to be uh, at the worst possible at time. the worst possible mm-hmm. time. Exactly, able to beat Bemidji without those two players. And again, Lind was listed as the extra forward, as she was in the last Bemidji game. But again, did not see any action. I saw her on the ice once at the last part of the game. Like the, when she it, was after, but like the five second part, I saw her on the ice. They were, I mean, so according to the radio was, guys, they were able to get a shot off. They were kind of scared there at the end because after they scored the two to one goal, you're you being the eyewitness here, because they're like, ooh, got a shot away there at the very end. They were like, it hit the outside of the net or something. Yeah, like, it was. Um... Well, yeah, like the Huskies were able to kind of get in deep. And then I think it was Himlarova just busted her ass down. And um, the goalie for Minnesota, um, Vetter. Sky Vetter. Yeah, just kind of misplayed it. And it was, it kind of hopped over. And Himlarova was at a bad angle and just hit the side of the net with it. But Vetter was completely out of like I did gasp. I thought it was going in. It was really close. So it was when, one shot, or she got a rebound as well. Well, it was. It wasn't really rebound because the, um, the, the puck went kind of to the side of the net on the initial like dump in. So they dumped the, it in from center ice. Yep. Win the draw, the, and then the goalie kind of misplayed it. Okay. Um. And, and and then Himmlerova was busting down to try to poke it through. I believe it was Himmlerova to poke it through and yeah, hit the side of the net right afterwards. So it was, it was incredibly close there, right? At the really? end. Yeah. Well, when it should have been, because I mean, it was at center ice for five seconds left to go in the game. I never would have seen that. Um, so, I mean, that a been tight game, one, nothing. I mean, it's scoreless until about what halfway through the game and then mm-hmm. one, nothing. 
until the last minute where we get the uh it's always nice the game winning goal ends up being an empty netter uh even the guys on the radio the, the gopher crew they were surprised that uh the huskies didn't pull Chobak prior to that because they had there was a four Puskies took a penalty with about three minutes to go. Mm-hmm. And then right away, the Gophers took another penalty to offset that. So it was four on four for a minute and a half or so. And they were thinking, well, they'll, they'll pull the goalie. But now that it's four on four, they'll pull the goalie to get a five on four advantage. But as it turned out, Adelski only decided to pull Chobak once they got their little brief, what, 20 to 30 second power play. Yeah. They said that they kind of pulled her when they didn't really have full possession or it wasn't completely in the gopher zone. And so she was kind of caught. Was the goal, did the empty netter even go in before Chobak was even fully off the ice? That's kind of how you described it. I mean, it was close, but it was one of those things that, yeah, we had control of the puck, but we kind of coughed it up. But Jojo was probably about like halfway to the bench. So it was like, well, screw it. I'm going at that point. Um, And then, yeah, they were able to, kind of get control and then just kind of flubbed it in. And again, it, the bounce was just kind of took a complete left turn right into the net. So, um, but I mean, you're right. Cause you know, they had the power play um, or Gophers had the power play late after Avery Farrell uh, took that tripping call. And I mean, Gophers run just an excellent pick play. Just, 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 Plopped right behind the Huskies defender and bowled right into her. And uh, the gopher player was actually able to obviously skate around the defender on the ground. Ref whistled it right away. Huskies kind of stopped playing. And then she roofed it and it went in. So the announcer was going kind of nuts that it went in. But it was like, oh, oh no, that was not. (laughs) That was clearly interference. So it was the right call. But like you said, it's like, because... The Huskies um, on the on the power play went over four, and both teams um, went over four. Yep, both teams went over four, and I'll I'll get to the Huskies' power penalty kill in a second. But both teams went four um, over four. But I felt like the aggressiveness of the Gopher penalty kill really threw them off guard, especially the first one. I mean, they were on the Huskies right; didn't give them any chance. And I thought by the last power play, they were able to get a couple of shots through. And that's where I thought like they were getting used to how aggressive the Huskies were or the Gophers were playing on the penalty kill where I thought that, okay, we got some momentum here. It's four on four. Let's pull the goalie right now while you have that to go just to a regular. Um, Cause the, the faceoff was down in the, the Gophers zone at that point, because obviously the penalty was called. And that's where I was like, okay, let's pull the goalie right here. And it didn't. And I was like, ah, that, I don't think that was the right call. I think, you know, you were getting used to the, the aggressiveness of the nature of the penalty kill for the Gophers. So kind of knowing that they were going to do that and, and, and being a little bit quicker and shorter with your passes, I, I think they, that could have been their best chance. Instead, they waited because I just, I don't think you, Huskies were not able to skate four on four with this team. The Gophers are too deep, they're too fast, and they're just too good. So I think the best chance would have been to negate it um, instead of, and going five on four instead of the four on four for a while. Um, so that was so that was a little bit of a bummer. Would it have changed anything? You know, probably not. But at the same time, 
I think that would have been our best chance is if the goalie was pulled earlier. And able to score their goal in an extra attacker situation. Did pull mm-hmm. show back after it got two, two to nothing. Easy to say that, well, uh, there was their extra attacker goal. Who knows if that actually would happen. It's still one nothing game. But um, it seems like, again, not being an expert on women's college hockey, but it seems like they're not as chancy when it comes to uh, pulling the goaltender. It seems to be a little more conservative if it's less of a... it's or it, Keeping possession in an extra attacker situation might not be the same as it is in the men's game. I'm not sure. Even the announcers are like, once St. Cloud took that penalty prior to the Gophers evening it up, like, right, great, this is going to keep their goalie in and, until... They pull, they cold, they kill this off because they're not going to want to pull the goalie just to make it an even strength opportunity with the goalie pulled. And it's like, I don't know, why, why wouldn't you just pull them to at least get, get even? Maybe not right away at three minutes to go in the game, but you don't need to wait until it's fifty seconds to go or something in order to pull the goalie. But they seem to think that that's kind of standard college procedure in the women's game, at least. But especially when you can have five people on the ice and be able to ice it too. I mean, correct. So yeah, it's, but, but I mean, being able to hang with them, even though I, I didn't quite see the amount of grade a chances uh, generated by the Huskies for that matter. There wasn't a ton of grade A's um, by the Gophers. This was, this was nothing like a, what we saw last year in that last game they played between these two teams, the nine, nothing game. Certainly a lot much tighter than that. Um, and considering that Huskies didn't have Gentry and Lind available, you have to wonder, could they have won this game with those two players? Um, it's certainly possible. Um, and it's, so it's nice to see the, the you know, the valiant effort. Uh, I, I hate to have to grade on a curve, but considering the history between these two teams, there is a market improvement here in just the quality of the game. Uh, and it is nice to see that they can still bring it and have the Gophers need to work till the very last second in order to, to win a game where you didn't have two of your studs uh, mm-hmm. in the lineup. So that, that was, that was nice to see. Yeah. I was really impressed defensively with how, like active their sticks were and how closed off they were in some of those grade a chances, Um, you know, not really not allowing them. The gopher players were definitely frustrated, especially Abby Murphy. I thought there were, we were very physical with her all game and it really got, I think in her head a little bit because she also, I mean, she was also really chirping after the whistle and you could tell she was trying to do maybe a little bit more than she would normally would do to try to like really get a goal and really shut the Huskies player up. But it wasn't wasn't doing. And there was even a part, I think it was after the first period where Adolski and Brad Frost got into it. They were yelling at each other um, across the benches. And then. A little bit later, they came back and like fist bumped each other. And then Frost still had a couple more words for Adolski. So it was, uh, it got a little bit heated there on the bench. And the Huskies were physical all game. I think that's kind of going to be a blueprint to beat um, uh, this gopher team. You know, that's going to be, they're going to have to get used to that. 
Um, so like I said, some of their players were getting really frustrated out there. Um, now, when I say that Abby Murphy was getting frustrated, holy cow, is she good. <laughs> um, if you want to know what it was like watching uh, Danny Heatley play college hockey, um, yeah, it was kind of like how Abby Murphy skates around with the puck. Um, the poise and the protection that she has with it is is second to none. It's really impressive how, how she's able to what she's able to do out there. Um, but as the game kind of went on, um, you know, we, the Huskies got a little bit, you know, got a couple more chances, but, you know, shot it maybe a little bit too wide. We didn't challenge Vetter enough, uh, to make some saves. Um, we did get some really good chances, um, there, uh, but either we squandered it or just kind of shot at center mass. I mean, even, you know, all due respect to, uh, uh, Farrell who is, you know, obviously, you know, is, is becoming one of uh, the premier players here on the Huskies, um, really stepped up after, you know, these two injuries. But she, you know, kind of flubbed it on that uh, on that shot for that goal. Um, but, uh, you know, she was able to kind of get it over the outstretched pad, pads of Vetter. Um, but it was, you know, one of those quality chances that we had that we were missing on earlier and able to capitalize on it was, uh, was nice to see again, just a little bit too late. Yeah. Yeah. I thought better, better was, was quality. Gotta be, you know, that, you know, she's the most well-known gopher women's hockey player to have a popular rock song named (laughs) after her daughter of course she being the daughter of eddie Vetter of uh pearl jam fame i was kind of getting i mean it's like the seventh time that they showed him in the crowd during the little dribs and drabs parts of the game that i was watching it's just like yeah i get it um you know it's you, you gotta cling to the to the big name celeb that's in the audience but um no, she she stepped up and she she was uh, she was quite good. And as you mentioned, leading off the show, no dip in quality from St. Cloud's perspective in that. Um, Joback uh, rose to the occasion. Um, certainly, you know, did the job. Did enough for the Huskies to win. It just was uh, such a struggle um, for the Huskies to get it past Fetter and and really kind of you know penetrate the uh, the defense for the Gophers as well. So um, I, I wonder so are, if they're on a rotation, do you now go Ahola and Chobak this weekend or do you stick with the Friday-Saturday rotation? I'm not sure if this messes the mojo up, but I would almost think you got to go with Ahola with Northeastern because that's your next like big test here back-to-back uh, with the Gophers and Northeastern. You'd like to have your each of your goalies take one of those. But as we're kind of seeing, we saw this last year too, they're, it's kind of a potato potato between the two of them. They're, yeah. You're going to give a, you're going to get a good chance to win no matter who's playing. So um, big uh, stick taps to, to show back in this performance and whoever does get the, the uh, assignment for the first icebreaker game, uh, Either way, the Huskies are going to be in good hands. Uh, and so, yeah, two to one loss sucks. Hate the Gophers. 
but uh, but we've definitely seen worse results in the past, and um, there was enough to like in this performance, like you said, physicality and the defensive sort of structure that they were able to show here. They really kind of gave the Gophers fits, you could tell, yeah. and so that's the recipe against the elite of this conference. If you're gonna win games, and I've I've kind of I've set that bar high, which is getting points in half of the games against the top four of the conference, the Gophers, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and then Duluth. Duluth already being swept this weekend by Ohio State. They obviously seem to be the most prime for the Huskies to jump them uh, to get into the top four. But if you do that, if you're getting points, not just wins, you can get overtime loss, overtime results or ties in there too, but just getting some sort of points in eight of those 16 regular season games. I think if you do that, you're going to make the tournament. I think that's a high bar. I'm not saying that that's going to be easy to clear, but um, that should be the goal. This didn't qualify for that. They didn't get any points out of this game, but I think that for one, but I think that you weren't blown out of the building and which means gives me hope that, they can steal a couple of these from from the from the higher echelon teams. So, as much as we can, uh, being positive, taking some positives out of a out of a loss, I think that's that's the takeaway for me for this game. Yep, yep, definitely agree. Um, and I think it's something where if we play like that to a lot of teams, um, I I think. Yeah, that's definitely going to surprise some some people because again, JoJo played incredibly well, and some of the saves she made, you know, were incredible. Um, but also, a lot of the you know thirty some shots that she faced were you know also from the perimeter and from a little bit lower quality, and so that was a good kind of team defensive game that was played. Um, again, really active with the sticks. Um, and I think just some of the timing for the Huskies, just getting, you know, firing shots off maybe a little bit quicker, um, not trying to look for the extra pass or anything along those lines. Um, I, I think this is a, was a good experience, a good game for them. Um, and hopefully they can get that momentum to Northeastern, um, who's, you know, is, is a, a team where if you want to prove that you belong up in the you know top 10 caliber teams in women's college hockey this is a team that you know you should step up and and uh kind of and really uh take it to them and take advantage of this uh hopefully gendry whatever her illness is uh she's back to it illness that makes sense especially with the rise of some of the neurovirus cases uh kind of around in the area and being a late scratch for that bimidji game you know if all of a sudden you wake up and you're puking out everywhere you know that's gonna that's gonna be a late scratch. So, but it's um yeah it's it, I'm I'm really looking forward to how they respond uh, this weekend. Hopefully we got a full lineup going. Um, hopefully we see Delmonico. I don't expect it at this point. I think uh, I think Barrett Hall's got that prop bet pretty much on lockdown. So uh, drop that one. But uh, uh, yeah, so um, I. Uh, um, we're really looking forward to this weekend and uh, we'll see what the Huskies are able to do. Yeah. So Northeastern, just to preview them a little 
uh, a little bit here, made the tournament last year, made the Frozen Four, in fact. Uh, they were the lone team to represent Hockey East in the tournament last year. Um, and as you mentioned, off to a 5-2 and two start this year, same record as the Huskies. Uh, their big story last year um, was their goaltender, this, uh, Gwyneth Phillips. Check out these numbers last year. And keep in mind, you know, Hockey East is not is not the best league, even out East. Uh, but So take these numbers with that in mind a little bit, but still. Uh, 38 games played, 34-3-1 was her record. And that, that includes the Frozen Four loss. Uh, 10 shutouts. Uh, a point eight seven goals against and a nine sixty uh oh. save percentage. Um those are decent numbers. Uh they're they're not bad. Uh, she had some, you know, only seven games the year before, two the year before in the COVID year, and then seven her first year. So she's a fifth year player. But in each of those years, including this year. Her goals against has never been above one. Uh, this kind of these are video game numbers. Yeah, uh, that's ridiculous for sure. Now, so it's it's going to be a tough task to beat Phillips and Northeastern for you to get. I mean, there are two losses this year: uh, one nothing to Miramac, their last game they played last Friday, and then a two to one loss to Penn State. The only win for Penn State, a ranked Penn State team, we should say, still ranked in the Ustro poll at what one six and one, one six and one, and they're ranked, and they're ranked. <laughs> oh, and the wow. funny thing is, it might not be that far off because Penn State's played a gauntlet of a schedule so far. But so one of their their lone win it came against Northeastern, but those wins again two to Jeez. one by Penn State, one nothing <laughs> to Miramac. Penn State's schedule is ridiculous. It is. It's a little road heavy. <laughs> is it not? Yeah. So Penn State, who I guess uh, looks at the men's team and says, no, I want to do the opposite. Um, They had a home series, what, against Connecticut? Um, yes. And then uh, from October 6th to December 1st, they are on the road. Entirely on the road. Entirely on the road for two months. And, I mean, the last two weekends, Cornell and Colgate, two very good teams in yeah. ACAC. Um, and so they're playing a very tough schedule. Like I said, I don't end with Northeastern. Those are also road games as well to start the season. UConn's, those aren't great results for being their only home games. And UConn's okay, but um, kind of like on the outside looking in from the Hockey East. so. No, not those were not great results, but the others are all sort of top ten teams. Um, so it's a tough schedule, and they made the tournament last year. Penn State did; they were the CHA qualifier, and so yeah, there is. They're like the it's. There's no bigger disparity between the men's and the women's uh, <laughs> teams than Penn State, because Penn State as we've mentioned many times, sort of just goes out of their way to use Atlantic hockey teams to sort of fatten up their stats and kind of pad their wins. Whether well, women's team, they're a part of the league. I mean, Mercyhurst and Robert Morris are just little brother to the men's team. 
Like we might go to you, your building once every two years for a one-off, whereas you're going to go to us for three or four of those games. Like that's the kind of uh, agreements that they're on. Whereas Penn State, like they're in the same conference as those teams, as it should be. They're they're also uh, Pennsylvania teams, but uh, so they're sort of toiling in a one bid league where, whereas Penn state, you know, never ventures too far away from their elite sort of hoity toity <laughs> or the men in the big 10. And we only, uh, use the, the little brothers sort of for our advantage. So I don't know why we got off on that topic. They beat Northeastern. Um, so yeah. getting back to the, uh, the other Huskies, those are the only two losses for them this year is two to one and one to nothing. So that should show you that. Uh, plus, I mean, their their wins this year. Yes, they're five and two, but beating a bad BU team and a bad Long Island team. But, you know, just beating those teams two to nothing in, in one of those games. I don't believe and, and then beating Penn State one nothing in the game that they won against the Lions. I don't think this is a high powered offense necessarily for Northeastern. So, yeah, especially looking- if. Looking at their offense um, from last year, where they win on that magnificent run, um, that Alina Mueller, uh, Maureen Murphy, uh, Chloe Arard, I believe, uh, and the Maud Poulin LaBelle um, were four of the top five scorers. Um, and then going down the list, so that was 60 points, 55, 34, and 22, or 54 and 22. Um, so all of those were graduate last year, so they're all gone. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of scoring that they had to replace. And so far kind of struggling to do that, just mm-hmm. averaging a little bit over two goals a game scored. Now with Phillips, as we've said, they don't need a ton to win with her in net. But I, again, if, if Gentry is in and you got to think Lynn's at least close, if she's being listed as the extra forward and just, not quite getting in the action, or maybe, like you said, just the very end of the last few seconds of this last game, I would have to think that she's close to returning. I'm going to go ahead and say it. They, if they are in the lineup, and maybe even not, but especially if they're in the lineup, I think St. Cloud has, is going to win this game. It's one of those, like, so it's, you know, afternoon on a Friday. It's at a neutral site for both of these teams. It's going to be at. I mean, the schedule is all off. Bob Motzko is raising a fit. Just (laughs) his routine is all gone. So, and maybe it's 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 prime pickings for an upset. Um, No one's going to be there. This is supposed to be a really nice uh, Sacred Heart. Just opened this facility last year, Um, and it's supposed to be pretty nice um, in Fairfield, Connecticut, and so. Early afternoon Friday game, I think you you've got a chance here. I think after after beating the Gophers, um, excuse me, after playing the Gophers, nearly beating them, um, I think you got like Northeastern hasn't played since last Friday, so you've got two games in the same time period that they haven't played. I think you kind of have a little bit of momentum here. You might be able to catch them off guard a little bit. If they do win, it's going to be something like two to one or. Oh, yeah. Three to one, I, let's say with an empty netter. I expect it's be a low really, I expect that either way. Yeah, I, th- I think something massively wrong would have to happen to this B five four shootout. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, but I'm gonna go. I'm going ahead and say it. I think St. Cloud's gonna win this game. The battle of the Huskies. I think St. Cloud takes this one. Yeah. 
you Are go. you as confident as I am? Um, no. But, um, where's the boo? This man <laughs> is, is, like? that, is that what y'all? I don't have I, access to the button board. I think that's up to the bruiser. I mean, I think that's. I mean, this is a little functional. I mean, where's your optimism? Uh, well, you're like put your idiot optimism <laughs> cap on. That's what we had I mean, on last. I, last I'm, show. I'm comp like, I don't know. You you just are very sure. Like, where would you on a percentage meter? Like to win I, this game? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're in the eighty percent range, mm, and that's 65. where I'm like, oh, oh, okay, all right, yeah, okay. Then I'm in that range too. I'm in, I'm in around the 55, 60 percent. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of scoring that they lost. And, um, I like how this women's team is trending. So, um, you know, if they're able to kind of tighten up a couple of things, um, things are going to kind of start falling into place. And, and I think this is just the weekend is, yeah, to really kick it in high gear. I'm going to have to look. I wonder if these games are available to bet on. <laughs> Because I'm interested to see what the over/under is going to be in this game, <laughs> especially early season 2. college 5. hockey. <laughs> well, like I'm saying, like early season college hockey, I feel like the bookmakers are kind of clueless. Uh, yeah. So I might. I mean, I'm kind of clueless. Look where I predicted uh, where how the men would be doing right now. <laughs> this is true, uh, sadly. I'll have to get back on that, but um, yeah. we'll check out Bodog. Play some action. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I feel like if you can, I mean, if you really know like some niche sport like that where the bookmakers kind of have no clue, I bet you could kind of make pretty profit on that. In theory, I In think theory. everything is sort of an algorithm now, and the algorithms generally are pretty good. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they probably are going to think that this is. I, I'm kind of just interested. What if they have an over under? What it is? Uh, if you want to tap dance for a little bit, I can figure yeah. that out. If you don't want to, we can just end the show. But um, um well, there was a possibility of a streaming service. Um, uh, as, yes, as well. Glad you brought um, that up. But um, I'm sure, like the Huskies Twitter feed, will go ahead and tweeted out or the northeastern uh twitter feed will tweet it out but it's a nec front row um yes it's got it's listed but it's got the wrong date on it and i'm not confident it, like you're like oh it's it'll be there yeah i thought I'm like be. i don't know if i'm that confident as you are because it lists St. Cloud versus Northeastern, but it's on Saturday and it's a different time. And the wrong time, yeah. And it's not even the right time for the first game on Saturday. Because I imagine it, Sacred Heart's going to get the night game for both games. Like they're if you, even if they lose the first game, they're probably going to be playing at night on the second night anyway, just because they're the home team. So I, it's very possible that NEC front row doesn't know what it's doing because it's called NEC front row. <laughs> uh, and we didn't know about this until days ago. I don't know. Yeah. I, I found out about it like last week. 
it's Northeast Conference, so Sacred Heart plays in that for like football. I think it's like a Division Two conference. There's some D1 hockey teams involved, so Sacred Heart, Miramac, Stonehill, so some some teams that we are familiar with. And then there's like Fairleigh Dickinson. Did they make like a big run in the basketball tournament this last oh, year? Oh yeah, like em- they did. Emily. Were they a sixteen? Yeah, I think there were sixteen seeds. I think so. Yeah. So they're in that conference. So I'm almost just curious to watch it, and maybe it's like I said. Maybe I was saying to you earlier or before the show. You're like, oh, they'll show it. I'm like, well. If it's only really tied to Sacred Heart, do they really have any interest to to broadcast a St. Cloud versus Northeastern game at two in the afternoon on a Friday where probably the viewership for that will be in the dozens? Like it's <laughs> well I hope anyone that's listening right to the show, here. right? Yeah. That's right. I'm working during that time, but I'm bringing my iPad, damn it, and I'm gonna fire up any C front row. Like I'm want to do on a Friday afternoon, mm. and I will be trying to tune in, hoping that my iPad gets decent enough Wi-Fi yeah. that it doesn't go in seven-second spurts. Yeah. Who knows? So, all that about does it. Uh, thanks for tuning in, uh, tuning in to this uh, special uh, mini episode. Uh, we'll uh, obviously be back with our regular scheduled programming uh, next week to recap all of the havoc that happens on both the men's and the women's side. So uh, until next time, go Huskies. Woo!